3, 2, 1. Vaya, vaya, vaya. Ya sabes lo que es. Es otro capítulo de una nueva temporada de Dos Guiris sin guía. Hemos vuelto por fin. Pues aquí estamos de nuevo, Miguel. Pues estoy flipando en colores. Nunca me había imaginado que íbamos a llegar hasta este momento de hacer un, una segunda temporada. Macho, es que... ¿Esto está pasando o sueño? Es que estoy muy emocionado. Tengo muchísimas ganas de seguir. Y como dices, si estás flipando en colores, especialmente el color, color naranja, como, como se puede ver, que está llevando una camiseta hoy, que es uh, pues una nueva cosa de la segunda temporada, que suele llevar camisetas, Andrés, ¿no? No, 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 eso no, no, no se va a mover con el no, no, no. De hecho, hace dos minutos no tenía ninguna apuesta. Estaba pensando en el público y mejor vale. Bueno, bueno. Um, pues no pasa nada. Um, está bien si quieres quitártela en algún momento. Uh, venga, es que no se puede. Es que no puede. Bien, tío. Vamos. Vamos. Los cubs, ¿eh? Echan la vista a los cubs. Venga, pero no podemos um, dirigir. Siguiendo, siguiendo recto. Vamos. Eso, eso. Tenemos que mantenernos rectísimo. Oh. Eh, hey, Andrés, ¿cuánto tiempo ha pasado entre la el último capítulo y este capítulo, eh? Bueno, ¿cómo vamos a, a empezar de nuevo a hablar el español y hablar sobre el español después de haber tardado? Una semanita, ¿sabes? Hombre, es muy buena pregunta que me estás poniendo. Creo que hay mucho que descargar y del que hablar en cuanto a si tenemos un descanso, si te tomas un, una pausa de una lengua. Hay mucho, yo diría que la mayoría de la gente hasta piensan que eso les va a influir de forma negativa. Cuando en realidad puede que sea beneficiosa hasta provechoso Uh, yo lo uso a menudo para separarme de la lengua y luego volver con más ganas. Entonces, hoy vamos a hablar un poco sobre tal tema con vosotros. Let's go. I'm going to start my army crawl. Let's go. All right, we'll so, can I introduce it? Absolutely. Let's go. So, that was a good intro. Let's go. For, for anybody that is unfamiliar with Spanish to the point where they weren't following very easily what I was saying, Uh, what we want to talk to you about today in episode one, season two, oh my God, um, is actually the time that we take away from the language, right? And what I mean by that is the breaks and even the vacations, or uh, I think a distinction that's worth making is whether it's forced, you know, like the end of your semester abroad and then you have to go back home, or if it's actually a, a programmed amount of time where you know that after two months of really encando colos, which is like studying super hard, then you take a purposeful break from the language. And so there's a lot that we can unpack. And there's a lot that can be discussed when it comes to both the concept of breaks and just having distance from the language. It doesn't necessarily have to be bad. But in the event that it is, I think that we have some some suggestions for that too. So I, uh, I kind of came upon this conclusion after being in Spain for one month. I was 17 years old. It was... 2006 that I visited my grandpa in Soria. So I won't get into the weeds and details, but I went to Soria 
and I had very limited Spanish. But after coming home, I really noticed that my Spanish was so much more cohesive. Going into my third, so this was junior year, my sophomore year of summer or whatever, then I go into junior year and I never felt so outstandingly confident in my classes. Like it really filled in so many gaps. And this is time after I'd spent out of Spain. We're talking about like three months later. <clears throat> so for all the people that are reticent that leaving, it's just going to evaporate from your brain. It's, dude, it's not. It's, it really consolidates quite well. And then it turns into a question of how are you going to use it? Because in fact, I think you can, you can really even build on it or amplify in a different scenario. I think that you're going to elaborate better on that. Well, well, um, well, exactly. Well, that was something I wanted to talk about. Like, for example, think about you living in Spain, um, and then you come back to America. Are you going to be Are you going to be learning in the same types of situations? No. In Spain, if you were studying abroad, there it's going to be more. <clears throat> it's going to be more applied. It's going to be more in the real world. You go into a supermarket. You go into a cafe. You're talking to a waiter or something like that. But then, if you take that experience. And you go back to America, maybe now you're studying more in set classes from a textbook. But that kind of level, so I, I want to say it's like there's like two main parts to studying Spanish. There's the, the social aspect that we focus heavily on, but then there's also the, grammatic as, the grammatical aspect that, that is important too. So if you kind of plateau and you get to this level in social, if you go back to studying grammar, well, you're just going to be, at, you're going to be able to use an increased social skill to be able to go in and be super confident and absolutely crush the grammar and remember way, way more. And then, then if you maybe then you plateau in that one and you're going to be able to go back across the social and be like, okay, now I can actually speak totally correctly or maybe like 90% with total grammatical, grammatical accuracy. Uh, but then you can go back and improve in social. And on top of that, there are different dialects in every country. So if you're focusing more on Castellano, and then you come back to America, or you're going to speak some Latino, you're going to speak uh, like some, some Mexican Spanish, you're going to speak some South American Spanish. Maybe you're going to see someone from Costa Rica or Nicaragua or like Colombia or wherever you are. Uh, it's just great to use that kind of language or use that kind of knowledge in many different situations, it makes it, uh, I think it's a lot easier to stay in your brain that way. Versus like only knowing it, like if I go to this restaurant, I know how to order this one item from the menu. Well, how about if you go to a totally different type of restaurant? That's something you gotta practice. Um, so I just wanted to touch on that, that it's, it's a great way, like if, you, if you're leaving Spain, you might be like, oh, I'm not gonna be able to use it. You can, you're just gonna use it in different ways. Yeah, man. Okay, so I didn't actually finish my story, which I intend to do, oh, but speaking on a little bit of what you said, you're saying right now, like if you were to think about everywhere you go and travel and your interactions and the things that you do, and like if you were to like trace out all of that in a certain color, to, dependent on the language, how dense would this area be filled with Spanish or English. And I think that you can leave Spain after having studied there and still with a little bit of effort, like fill the places that you go with whatever color represents Spanish. So like I'm thinking about, you just said Colombia, Nicaragua, Costa Rica, we're going to go to Mexico maybe. And 
the objective would just be to populate the this little illustrative map with as much red as possible. And that's your Spanish interactions. So it can grow way more outside of just like this little locked in spot. And so to go back to my story, this happened a series of times where I was in Spain for summers and they weren't like consecutive summers, but I would leave and then I would generally spend like nine, 10 months. No, 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 11 months out of Spain, provided I went back the next summer. And I made massive gains between that time. So obviously you can attribute it to studying at school, but I never got the sensation that like I was making leaps and bounds in school. It was the, the contrary, where I would like go to Spain, come back, be better, and then after 10 months go back to Spain and be like shockingly better than I remembered last year. And since I kind of like picked up on this, I'm always trying to program little respites from languages or it goes beyond that. Like I know this isn't a exercise or weightlifting podcast, but <laughs> we talk about metaphors to don't want to that. I'll do that. To really follow us. Look, that's the protein powder I use for people. I know that's like the center of the fucking frame. <laughs> yeah. Now we're not promoting. There you um, no, but anything that like is important to you, I think that if you take an intentionally programmed respite from that thing, you will only double down on your desire to to get better at it, to be closer to it, just to go deeper in that thing. So it's important to take the breaks. And people, in my opinion, they misinterpret the distance from the language as something bad, and it can be glorious, dude. Um, all right, so let me. I'm gonna. I'm gonna try to take some stabs, or maybe like a. I'm just gonna take a guess at like why maybe that would have helped because that does seem very interesting to me. I, I, I'm gonna say so. I'm gonna say two things. I'm gonna say maybe the you going back for like multiple summers. Well, that would be a huge, huge motivation for you to be like, okay, well, I know that this is the level I was at last summer. I know I'm gonna be going back the next this upcoming summer or the one after that. That's gonna be a huge motivation for you to be like, dude, I wanna come in there, I wanna kick ass next time. I wanna show them that I've gotten better. I like you knowing that you're gonna be able to use it in your real life and that any improvements you make over the whole year are going to totally be used by you. That would be a great way to uh, probably increase your motivation. So that was the one thing that I wanna say. And I, I don't even know, like the other one was like, I don't know, man, like, um, well, uh, so I think it's more the motivation. We can, always, the, we, can, we can go deeper on that about like why such a long time away from it would be beneficial because I'm not even going to advocate that taking a nine-month break well, not is nine like, months. the best way yeah. to, to learn a language. <laughs> two not months at a time, nine-month break, <laughs> yeah. two months at a time. Yeah, it's, it's a 1090 scale, yeah, yeah, right. 10% effort, and then you just put on like the freaking cruise control. And, yeah. Oh, no. this is a good, oh sorry, um, can, I, can I just real quick, um, the other thing I was gonna say okay. is that when you, when you reach a certain level, then I think it's so much easier, it's almost like the floodgates open. Once you are able to maintain a conversation on that language, 
It's so much easier to then go out and learn so much more because you feel comfortable talking to so many different people versus if you're at such a low level, you're not gonna wanna go up and talk to someone in the real world because you're gonna be feeling bad about yourself. So, so when you studied or when you were in Soria and you go back to America, you were probably interacting with a bunch of different people that you wouldn't have otherwise because you were like, well, now I've got all this experience, I could probably use it. Dude, I don't know how many people will be able to relate with this actually, but, and I, I don't think that it's the general response but I think it's a lot to do with mentality and, and by and large people have the mentality that when they study abroad, they got really good. Like they were badass. They were right next to fluent. And something that happens to me, it feels like the contrary where I go to Spain to visit or to Germany. I visit my girlfriend for winter break and I've only been gone for like 12 days. And I'm already concerned that like my Spanish might be slipping. When I get back, it's not going to be so tight. And then like a part of me thinks that having that skeptical mentality is what leads me to believe that I got better when I get back when it's really just the same. Right. I'm like, I'm very pleased with myself for not having gotten worse. I feel like this that's isn't the case. And like the breaks aren't so fundamental. I'm having this epiphany mid podcast, <laughs> but I still think you guys should take little intermittent breaks. Well, I mean, I think a lot of it is, is about like mentality. And if that's, um, I feel like that's got a lot to do with your expectation. If you're feeling like you're going to get, like get worse, if you feel like you're going to get worse and then you don't, well then in your brain, you're like, yeah, all right, sweet. But if you like thought you were gonna get better and then you were the same, you would think that you got worse. Yeah, you know, okay. so I feel like it's all about mentality. So I feel like that's something very important to keep your motivation and, and be feeling good about yourself. Sometimes you gotta trick yourself a little bit. Sometimes you gotta have those moments of letting yourself feel really good, even if it's maybe not the most complicated thing, even if maybe you didn't really actually get that much better. You gotta feel good about yourself somehow. That goes back to something we were talking about in a previous episode. If you, anything that you wanna get better at and prove in your life, you're going to have to feel good and have a positive mentality about that. Because if you don't, and you're feeling bad about yourself when you're studying or when you're doing whatever, it's just gonna be so hard to keep doing that thing. Whatever it is, I don't care what it is. It's gonna be terrible if you don't feel good about yourself. The reason it's so advantageous, in my humble opinion, when it comes to learning languages, to take a break is probably really related to the first point that I made, which is just laying off the gas and giving yourself time. Maybe it's not so much about the language acquisition itself or parole improvement, but, but for no other reason than why we take a break from working, why we go on vacation, why when your muscles are totally fatigued, you don't use them the next day to their full capacity because it just, it seems like this is the nature of improvement, right? Like it's not, we talked about this, it's not some like straight gradient up that's nice and smoothly refined and constant, not at all. So like you have, you work really hard and then you allow yourself to come back down and perhaps you're not at like the best level that you've been as far as fluency and vocab retention. But then I feel like you normalize at what would have been so much higher than your original 
Dude, that's, that's actually something that Sean talks about all the time, is that life is basically a series of plateaus. Like, you've got to reach this plateau to then reach that plateau to then reach this plateau. So it's all about like, improving as much as you can in one area, but then when you find yourself unable to improve more, well, you don't, you can like take a small break and kind of shift gears a little bit and then go and improve in that area. And improving in this area gives you then the necessary tools and resources to be able to go and be like, oh, I was only here before, now I go back to the original and improve to another plateau. And it's just going back and forth. And I just want to say also, that fly is flying around the screen and it's hilarious because you're talking and it's like fucking zooming around your head. And I, can, and I know that you're pissed off about it. I'm doing my best to stay concentrated. Yeah. Um, no, but I've got another potentially unrelatable anecdote. So when I used to go on vacation, I would come back feeling like I got a two trillion ton pound, or of bricks dropped on top of me and I had no desire to go back to work because I did it wrong, right? I raged and I slept poorly and I fed myself like I didn't matter. And then so I was never obviously excited to get back to work. But this year I had a really interesting experience where me and Eula, so my girlfriend, she doesn't drink. That means that I don't drink when I'm with her. I need a drinking companion or it's out. So we just went surfing, went to the beach. I read a bunch of books. I listened to some podcasts. I was so relaxed. We had breakfast and dinner with her grandparents on a tropical island. And I came back more refreshed and restored than ever with a go get them, kill it attitude at work. And if I don't know exactly how to program it so that you get the most out of your respite from languages, but if done properly, I think that breaks are fundamental in progress. And so I, I use that vacation analogy and try to apply it to my language learning. And the thing that I normally do for people interested in like a personal tale is that I generally will study really hard one language for just a month. I don't really do much more after a month. And for the most part, I'm not trying to learn a whole lot more. I would say that 25% of the time is exposing myself to completely new grammar, completely um, maybe sources of literature that really push my boundaries. But the greater part of the time, that other 75, is actually just review because I, I want to solidify. I know that there's enough there that if I can only produce it myself on the spot, then I'll be a comfortable conversationalist. So that's, that's my approach for people interested in hearing the personal tale. Absolutely, man. Thanks, thanks for sharing, Andres. We appreciate that. Oh, man. Uh, I feel good right now. Oh. Uh, no, man, absolutely. I think, I think that if you look at anything that we do at all, that, like, you, need, you need breaks in order to... And again, I don't know if that's necessarily the only way to, to learn the language, but it's more... For, for me, I think it's more of a mentality thing. You know, It's like more to be able to, be able to continue feeling good and be able to go back into like, the studying phase with a full head of steam, with like renewed motivation, with energy, and not feeling bad about yourself. Um, absolutely, dude. Fuck yeah, I like it. And that's why we took a break in between episode or uh, season one and season two of Joe's Cuties. We've gotta, we've gotta renew that motivation. We've gotta come back and attack it full speed. You know. 
yeah. I, I feel recharged. I'm ready I feel to another 10 episodes. What about you? Dude, absolutely, man. Pues, este ha sido el primer episodio, o capítulo, mejor dicho, tal vez, uh, de la segunda temporada. Esperamos que os hubiera gustado. Esperamos que sigáis escuchándonos y haciéndonos caso en cuanto a las sugerencias, al menos solo para intentarlos, porque en esta jornada creo que llevamos mucho tiempo curando el arte de aprender los idiomas. Con lo cual, eh, sí, mi única recomendación es date un descansito. Toma ese tiempo que crees que te mereces. Lo mereces, sí, sí que lo mereces. Seguir aprendiendo los idiomas, ahora entra bien. Bueno, la única cosa que iba a decir es que lo mereces tú y lo, lo merecemos nosotros, ¿sabes qué? Todo el mundo merece un poco de descanso para, bueno, para recargar las baterías, para intentar de nuevo, para uh, renovar la motivación. Hay que hacerlo de vez en cuando. Y está bien, y no te Voy a enseñaros, justo antes de ir, voy a enseñaros una, una frase de español, pero español de los cojones, ¿eh? Ojalá. Oh, no, no te preocupes. No te preocupes, ¿eh? Y ya está. That's like the most Spanish that you could get. Is like, con la calma, no te preocupes. Like, just, uh, it's okay. It's gonna be all right. Lo has dado en el blanco. Yeah, that's, that's another one. You nailed it, man. You totally, you, that was probably the best way to conclude. I don't think I have another thing to add on top of it. Neither do I. I was, I, bro, I just said that in the moment. I was like, that's a great thing, because like, you does not get more Spanish than, bro, chill out. Uh, literally does not get more Spanish than that. Pues, y eso es. Uh, nos estamos despidiéndonos de vosotros y de los dos guiris. Pase huevos. Pase huevos, gente.